0: Today's episode of the Theatre People podcast is brought to you by Stage Door Manor. For information on their summer theatre programs, check them out at stagedoormanor.com. Hey, theatre people, Patrick here. I just wanted to let you guys know that it's almost time for my favorite annual Broadway event. It's called Broadway Acts for Women. At the event, audience members get to pick songs for amazing A-list Broadway stars to sing live on stage, backed up by a live band and incredible backup singers. This year's performers include Jen Colella, Brian Darcy James, Rebecca Luker, Molly Ringwald, Ariana DeBose, and more. The event is put on by the organization A is For. The proceeds benefit women's reproductive rights and the grassroots organizations that fight for them. It's hosted by My Pal Martha Plimpton and Saturday Night Live's Cicely Strong. This year's Broadway Acts for Women is happening Sunday, May 7th at 54 Below. The doors open at 5 and the show starts at 6 15. Steve and I will be there and I hope you will be too you can find information and tickets at as4.org or 54below.com okay now to the show welcome to the theater people podcast i'm your host patrick hines first things first you guys i'm thrilled to be sharing this interview with the fabulous gideon glick with you all today as most of you probably know, Gideon is the star of the Broadway play Significant Other, a play that I really, truly loved, and Gideon's performance is breathtaking. But I'm super bummed, you guys, to say that Significant Other is ending its Broadway run on April 23rd, which means you have just a week left to see it, and I cannot suggest highly enough that you do so. This is one of those performances that people will be talking about for a very long time. Gideon made his Broadway debut in 2006 in the original cast of Spring Awakening. He originated the role of Howie in the critically acclaimed off-Broadway production of Speech and Debate. And in 2011, he was back on Broadway as part of the original company of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. We did this interview just a few weeks ago in his dressing room at the Booth Theater, and I'm so excited to share it with you now. Here's our conversation. Hi, Gideon Glick. Hello there. I'm such a big fan of yours. Oh, thank you so much. I remember seeing you in Spring Awakening and being like, "I love this kid." That's so sweet of you. I'm going to take my slippers off, please. Your dressing room, your dressing room is incredible. I'm nice. I, I, it, doing this job. I'm so fortunate that I get to go and like I check out all these amazing dressing rooms. This feels like a home. What have you done to this place? Um,
1: well, you know, it's like my first. Uh,
0: a Broadway dressing
1: room that's just mine, so I was just so wow. super excited about that, and I have these, um, these lovely theater, uh, they're, they were magazines from, like, the early 1900s of, like, the famous, like, actresses of the time, and my, my boyfriend's mom had a, like, had a collection of ten of them, and so, wow. she, uh, I just chose a couple of my favorites, and I brought them in, and oh. yeah.
0: Huh? I see bourbon. Do you drink before the show? <laughs> no, <laughs> I wish.
1: <laughs> no, it's nice. I've I've gotten a lot of um, whiskey gifts. So um, sometimes when I have guests come, we will uh,
0: we'll toast and we'll uh, drink something. I mean, this is a this looks like a great room to get drunk in. Um, I like it here. <laughs> I'm not saying you've ever been drunk in this room. <laughs> um, I have a, a ton of questions. I am obsessed with significant other. I am too. It is so cool to have a play about a gay guy on Broadway. I agree. I like, just randomly, like, like just, like, at its core, this is a play about a gay guy. Totally. Yeah. What did you, okay, when did you first become aware of this play? Um,
1: I became aware of it, I was asked to do a reading of it, and so it was sent to me, and I saw the script, uh, I read the script, and I, I went nuts. I, like, I became very covetous, like, immediately. I remember I read it I like read it. I was like gonna like start reading it in bed. It was like maybe ten o'clock. It was or no, it was like eleven o'clock. And I was like, all right, I'll start reading it and see. If and then I just I read the entire thing. Couldn't sleep that night. And then I I I, I kept rereading it. And usually for readings, I'll i read it like once or <laughs> once or twice. But for that one, I I actually um, not only did I want it, so I read it more, just so I could be better at it but I just loved reading it so much
0: yeah I mean this th- so I was reading that when you first read the play you were single I was yeah how old were you um that's a good- I was 26 did you relate hardcore to this character like were you so, okay to tell the people a little bit about your show and your character it's kind of it's A play about a gay guy who has these, this like great group of girlfriends and like sort of one by one sort of like watches them like meet their person and fall in love. And at the same time, he's very much wanting that too. Was, was your life like that at that point?
1: i mean i had i've had I had friends that like coupled off uh it didn't um bug me as much um but what I did really relate was was the feeling of maybe this will never happen for me. That was
0: very real to me. Can I ask you a personal question for sure? Do you feel like the guy that you're with now is the one? I do, but what if I said no I mean that would be <laughs> but we so would weird. just cut it out. We would just pretend like the question that we drink the bourbon, I would just leave um. No, I definitely, I, I definitely do. Because this – I wonder if you've had to guard against that doing this play. What do you mean by that? Like, have you had to – Has is there? Is it possible that it could have affected your performance? Going from, like, reading this play and learning this character when you were at a place in your life where you were maybe closer to him, right. and then, like, falling in love. Like, did you have to, like – put that away when you got to the theater? Well, I got very
1: anxious, actually, um, because I felt so hard, so in love, um, and I'm still like so very in love. And I, I, I kind of knew when I met him, and I went, oh, fuck this is it <laughs> yes. um and i was worried i wouldn't connect to the to the script but um it it didn't affect me i mean i'm a naturally anxious person so i i worried <laughs> about uh a great thing that i I, that I found which was love but um no yeah maybe in a way it helps me because i can i know that i have the anchor at the end of the day at the end of the show i you know he's there for me
0: yeah I, I'm curious about you have this like great cast that you're working with, and I know there's a one replacement for the Broadway company. But in talking about the the show when it was originally off Broadway, at the Laura Pels. What was it like to rehearse this play with these uh, great actresses? And you like, I feel like you guys are all best friends, I and mean, did that like make a difference? Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's the kind of amazing thing about this play is it's a play about friendship, and we all really.
1: Really loved each other off Broadway, but then like we had this year and a half to um, to kind of ferment, and our friendships have gotten much stronger and deeper. And you're really seeing real friends on stage <laughs> who who love each other and also love this thing that we get to do every day. Mm-hmm. How, when it closed off
0: Broadway, did you guys know that you were coming to Broadway?
1: Um, we were told that uh, Jeffrey Richards had seen the show, and we were told he wanted to transfer it. So you know, you never know if it's a, a, a short thing, but he he said he was determined to do it, and and he did. How long was it between off Broadway and Broadway? It's about a year and a half.
0: And do you just like wake up every day like checking your email, thinking like when what's the news? What you mean during that year and a yeah, half? Yeah. Um. It was.
1: You know. It was. Uh, it was tricky. I, he he gave us a timeline, and he actually said six, um, six to to eighteen months, and he wow. was right. I mean, he 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 came through with his promise. Um, you know there was uh, you know there was always a, uh uh, will they or won't they? You know, it was it was <laughs> we we didn't know if it was really going to happen, but um, there was always that uh hope and belief that it that it that it was going to and then it did.
0: How how is it for you to get to play the lead role in a in a Broadway show as a gay man playing a gay man? Like is that something you ever thought would happen?
1: Um it's not something I ever thought about as something that would or wouldn't happen, um but now that it has happened, it's it's, it's wonderful. Um I you know, I uh, this play means a lot to me, but it also means a lot to people who come to see it. I got this letter from this guy um, who went through gay conversion therapy. He came, he came from a very small town, um, and he was a teacher there, and so he was closeted for most of his life. I started weeping when I read the—I'm um, getting a little emotional now— just reading the um, the card because I realized— Here he's seeing a play where the lead is a gay man who's playing a gay man and it's also not, the struggle is not about being gay. And that's what I thought, uh, what I think is so exciting about this play is that it's not a gay issues play. I mean there's gay loneliness, that's a thing, but it's about, it's not about the idea of if we can get married or if we are dying of AIDS. These are are just more universal problems of, of loneliness.
0: Yeah, and that I mean it's it stands out any time a play makes it to Broadway. You know what I mean? And I think too that like for a play that is so unabashedly just about a group of friends where one friend happens to be gay, how did you guys did you go back into rehearsal and sort of like reexamine this play for Broadway? Um, you know,
1: we reexamined it in the kind of the the age of Trump. I think that was um an interesting uh uh, uh Lens, but a lot of the play is—it's kind of because of like its universal themes. It's not a very political play, and it kind of avoids that purposefully because it's um, because it's more about themes of friendship, loneliness, um, yearning, etc. We should just marry each other.
0: Name the date. I'd
1: be such a good husband to you. Oh, I know. I would cook for you. Mm,
0: you'd have to, because I'm like totally in it. And like,
1: rub your feet. Seriously, buy you magazines when you were sick? Do you remember when you got the flu, right when we moved in, and I washed your face with a damp towel? You did? Yeah. I even cleaned your armpits.
0: I have no memory of that.
1: Are you fucking kidding me? I cleaned your fucking armpits, Laura. Sorry. Fuck you. Fuck you. I wish we still lived together.
0: Mm. Grown ups live alone.
1: We're grown ups. I keep forgetting that. Mm -hmm. And we could have like two kids. And Mm -hmm. I would like. A boy and a girl? Obviously.
0: How would we do it?
1: Turkey baster?
0: (laughs) I have to ask you some basic questions. Yes. Okay, this is such a basic question. And earlier today, I was like, do not ask him this. How would you remember all of those lines? (laughs)
1: Um, You know, off-Broadway, I started memorizing uh, about two months before we started. I realized that I didn't want to be on stage or in rehearsal struggling for lines. Um, uh, And that was really, really helpful. And then on-Broadway, I started a month before, but oddly enough, a year and a half later, it came back in a second, so I really wasn't that diligent about it. It just kind of took me like, you know, whereas... Uh, a monologue would have taken me maybe like a week and a half of strong repetition it came back in a day um so and then also on stage it's not just not psyching yourself out that like the words aren't going to come because when you do that then you will stumble but like you know you have to just be confident that you know all those words um i actually but it's funny i did i did a i just recently did a play before this uh called the harvest at Lincoln Center and we had, there were um, 13 pages of tongues, and it was all What out. does that mean? Tongues. It's, um, it's a Pentecostal uh, oh, Christian, and yeah, and it was literally word for word written out, and so we had to memorize that. That is and was the hardest thing I've ever had to memorize. Will you just tell uh oh my God! No, that's so scary, crazy! I can't even, and it's fucking hard to memorize. I cannot even imagine it. Yeah. So this, so I thought significant other was really hard, and then um, it feels like a piece of cake compared to that play. That play will will forever be the play of hardness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you about stamina because you. I mean, your character goes on such an emotional journey, but you also, like, never leave the stage. How do you stay fit f- and are able... I mean, you're young, <laughs> but, like, how do you do it? How do you have the energy to do that eight times a week?
1: Um, you know, I try not to over-exert over, over exert myself during the day. Um, though, oddly enough, on Broadway, that's been hard to avoid just because there's a lot of other stuff you have to do. Yeah. Off-Broadway, it was much easier. I kind of stayed in all day, but I'm always doing things now. Um... um I think it's not it's really just not overthinking it. I I mean I don't stay out late. I don't drink very much during during this run. Um I I try to do yoga a couple times a week. Um and that's that's really it, but a lot of it is trying to just get at least 8 hours of sleep. 7 to 8.
0: You don't have a child yet. <laughs> no, no. I was like, "Oh my god, I remember 8 hours of sleep." Yeah. Um So, okay, I have two points in the show I want to talk to you about, and no spoilers, but you have a really intense monologue that you give at one point that I'm curious about how you feel about, and I'm also curious about how you found your way through that monologue, and how you're, and also, okay, this is a three-part question, and also just technically how you do it and, like, don't, like, lose your voice. Right, right. Um... Well
1: again, with stamina, vocal stamina is a very important thing and off Broadway it was much harder for me because i didn't know what I was up against, and so I-, I was so much better equipped this time around and i i i I met with um a uh, a uh, a voice guy, and we kind of we created this thirty minute warm up so I do it on the stage every day before I wow. go on stage um just because it's a lot of not only is it a lot of uh, talking but then by the end he's in that uh, very emotional state and he's he's screaming um
0: uh and so you know for, uh, you had a, it was a three-tiered question yeah part 2 was like how do you feel about what your character is saying during that monologue
1: you know for me uh i, I As Gideon, it's different than what Jordan thinks. For me, the pain that he's in has to be so very real because that is what's fueling what he is saying. He's doing it not at the right time. Um, I think he is um, justified in what he is feeling and thinking. I don't necessarily... I think it's the right time, or maybe maybe it was never the right time to say all those things. Um, I think as a playwriting device, it's super interesting because you are, hes uh, Josh Harmon is pushing the envelope in terms of how much you can empathize with somebody and how much um, you can stay on board with this guy who's, who's starting to, um, I think, uh, uh, teeter. Yeah. Um, but the fact is, everything he says is correct. And then everything
0: she says is correct back. So it's a very interesting. It's a very interesting piece of writing. I wanted to talk to you about your scene partner, Miss Lindsay Mendez, yes. who we've had on the Art Podcast several times. I like could not be more obsessed. <laughs> How did you guys? I mean, you know, you guys go through a lot in this play together. But like, was specifically figuring out that moment intense, or was it just another moment in the play for you?
1: Um, I mean, it's a very specific moment. So I, I. I
0: we're being super cryptic, you guys. You just have to come see the place. So you know what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. You know, it's a very um, emotional place for both of us. So, um, I, I, you know, I think it's um, it, the play is really beautiful and that it kind of brings you there. It's written very well that you kind of just get on for the ride and then you're there. Um, and so, I, you know, it's a very important scene. And I, I think we we've thought very hard about it and, and thought about
0: what it is. Can you tell that I have a lot of feelings about it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
0: Um, I wanted – oh, okay. I wanted – literally, truly one of the most powerful things I've ever seen on stage is like the last 60 seconds of this play. And I don't want to talk – I don't want to say what – I don't want to give the setup, but I am so curious about that moment and if it has changed how it is for you to do it and like how you landed on how you deliver that moment now. Also, you have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. I'm sitting very close to you yeah. you're very nice um,
1: um you know, I think it's just it's a gorgeous way to end a play because um, it doesn't have dialogue. I mean we have to be cryptic again um but um again, the play kind of i f- I always liken it to being like in a hamster wheel and you're just running and running and running and um and and the show kind of it it the show. Does to to Gideon what the life does to Jordan? I don't know if that made sense. Can you explain that a little bit? So basically, I'm very tired by the end of the show. I'm emotionally raw. I am uh, as Gideon, um, but that's exactly where Jordan is. Yeah. So the the show itself is is um, uh, a bit of a marathon. But so is what Jordan is going through. Yeah. So thus
0: we're we're kind of meeting at the same place. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay. I just was going to ask you, like, the dumbest, most cliche question, which I just now have to ask, which is, like, do you have an idea of where he is a year later?
1: I think he's okay. Yeah.
0: Are they still friends?
1: Yes, definitely. I think maybe not as close. I think that— And that happens. That totally happens, and it's inevitable. I think they're still very close, but I think, like— you know, I think as you get older, things start to shift, and and I actually think Jordan does find somebody. I yeah. think he just needs to quite literally get through it, which is what everyone is trying to tell him.
0: I'm so glad to hear you say that, because one of the things I identified so closely with, you know, I told you, like, I'm married, I've got a kid, my life is exactly what I wanted it to be at exactly the time when I thought I would never have it, and I'm just wondering... I'm just wondering, like, is that a gay thing or is that just a person thing? I think it's a life thing because what's interesting for me,
1: too, is that I I met Perry when I kind of... Was
0: that like, is the cutest name. <laughs>
1: yes, he's, he's a lovely, cute, <laughs> wonderful man. Um, I met him um, when I... Like, I wasn't on apps at that time, and I've been on many, many apps, but I was kind of like... I was like, it's... I almost Not that I'd given up, but I was kind of like tired of looking. I was tired of it. And it's like, not to be cliche, but literally, you know, Kiki Sass's first line is, I wasn't looking. That's the point. I wasn't looking. And that's kind of like where you get. You get to a place where you're not, it almost happens to you if you stop. You ju- yeah. If you stop wanting it so much,
0: but like that is the most enraging advice to get in the moment. The worst.
1: <laughs> it's the worst. It's totally the worst. And that's and that's kind of what people are saying. Him. They're just like you. Just. You just got to get through it. You just got to get to the other side. And it's not, it's not what you want to hear.
0: It's funny. Being what I imagine is like 10 years older than you and your character in real life, I wanted to like hug and shake you at the same time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can I ask
0: you a question? Another personal question? Yes. So you said that you, you had been on lots of apps. Yes. How do you manage that as like a known person? Well, I don't think I'm that known. <laughs> you are. You are. You definitely are.
1: Um, you know, I used to put my face on apps, and then I kind of stopped putting my face on apps. But um, you know, people would people would say, "Oh, I I know you from blah 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 blah." But you know, New York is full of lots and lots of people who don't necessarily follow true. television or film or, or or theater. So
0: um, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never I can't never figure out how you all handle that situation. <laughs> um, last question. Everyone, including like the New York Times is talking about like how this is such a breakout role for you like this is a star making turn for you. How are you handling that <laughs> um,
1: um, you know i' I, don't, I try not to get like bogged down with that kind of stuff i, I mean it's it's wonderful and i'm aware of, of of that but um at the end of the day you just you just have to do your job so um so i don't i i I just try to just do as good of a job as i can and that's and so people could agree with what they're saying or disagree <laughs> but all i can do is do it
0: do you read reviews
1: um i shouldn't but i do oh well, god I'm, bless I'm you bad I, and i i really every time i do a show i say i'm not going to do it this time and i <laughs> i don't read all of them like yeah. i'm not like sitting there googling my name and trying to cuz it's okay. scary there um uh but i do and i i i maybe with one day Hope, I hope to be an actor who doesn't, but I'm not.
0: If you thought th- they were going to be bad, would you not read them?
1: No, I think I, I, I maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. Yeah. I don't really know what it is. I think I like um, information. Mm-hmm. I come from, like, academic parents, and I, I don't. Do you? I do, yes. And so I, I um, yeah, and sometimes I wonder, I, I I, weirdly enough, like, I don't know a lot of actors who don't read reviews i know a lot of actors say they don't read reviews so it's a little um i find that that whole thing interesting um yes but i'm
0: also like in the process of trying to figure out how i can be an actor who doesn't because i'd like to be that i can't even i don't yeah i can't imagine not reading i can't imagine i you're like i don't google myself i was like really i just google myself like four times on the walk here (laughs) and now a few words from our sponsors do you wake up humming hamilton and singing sondheim Do you dream of a place where there are Shakespeare flash mobs, happy birthday is sung in harmony, and surprise Broadway guests fill your world? At Stage Door Manor, kids from every state and six continents spend their summer totally immersed in the magic of theater. I'm sure almost all of you know that Stage Door Manor is the inspiration for Todd Graff's movie Camp and Mickey Rapkin's book Theater Geek. But did you know that you've seen plenty of their alums on stage, screen and behind the scenes? Natalie Portman, Mandy Moore, Zach Braff, Robert Downey Jr., Sean Levy and Janine Tesori all spent their summers in the Catskill Mountains of New York. Stage Door Manor produces an unbelievable 42 full-scale shows in eight on-campus theaters, and there are more than 100 classes at beginning and advanced levels, everything from playwriting to stage combat. If it's theater-related, they do it. Stage Door premieres include original stage versions of Rent, Avenue Q, Andrew Lippa's Wild Party, woman in white and high school musical stage door welcomes kids ages 10 to 18 and there are no auditions for admission they accept all levels of experience and talent and find roles for students in shows where everyone can have his or her moment in the spotlight worth magazine named stage door among the top 10 summer programs in the world and it's been called the hollywood high of summer camps by playbill no wonder sessions fill up quickly spots are almost gone for the summer so hurry and go online to StageDoorManner.com for more info um how did you make your way to New York City to, to like to to like embark on your career? Yeah, so I um
1: I grew up in Philadelphia and I started doing professional like regional theater when I was like 11. So I was kind of I was a kid actor. Um I did plays and musicals, mostly musicals. No, actually the first thing I ever did was a play. Um and uh i just started auditioning and and i did like kind of a a cool indie film when i was 16 with like ethan Hawke and cynthia nixon and that got me like a fancy manager who then um got me the audition for spring awakening and then i auditioned for spring awakening and then um my senior year of high school i did it off broadway and that's that brought wow. me to the city
0: did you leave school early to do it Yes, I was very happy to. (laughs) Jen Tamiano says the same thing. She's like, I couldn't get out of school fast enough. Um, What was. Okay, I love Spring Awakening so much. How was it to be a part of that, like, really, truly groundbreaking, like, shot in the arm to Broadway to be, like, making your debut doing that? I mean, the thing is, and I've said this
1: before, is that you don't know. You don't have perspective at that age, yeah. so I think I, my experience of it would be so different now because I understand how much of an anomaly it is. That at that point I thought, oh yeah, of course it's this way, <laughs> you know. Of course you're gonna make your, you're, you're gonna do spring awakening. It's gonna be a success and everyone's gonna like it, and you think it's always gonna be that way. <laughs> now I, I love you, Hanjun, as I have never loved anyone.
0: And so you should. Oh. was it to work with all of those like other kid actors like was it really fun or was like everyone really like what was the atmosphere like um it was very
1: fun I mean definitely off Broadway it felt like summer camp um especially we were in that church and it was in Chelsea in the summer because it literally was the summer um I remember thinking the one thing I remember is that I you know Growing up being like a professional kid, you're told you're special all the time, blah, 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 blah. And then you, I, Spring and I was like, fuck, everyone's special. <laughs> and that kind of, um, that was kind of like an interesting thing to deal with. <laughs> did you stay with it the whole time? Um, no, I was actually the first um, uh, original cast member to leave. So I did it. For- on Broadway for about nine months, and then I decided I wanted to go to college, so I left to go to college. But I also I I also left to do a play called Speech and Debate at the oh, Roundabout. Of course, yeah. Yes, yeah. Where did you go to college? I went to NYU. Did you stay? Uh, it took me eight years, um, but I majored in art history, and and I I matriculated. Art history? Yeah, yeah. Why? Uh, cause I I um I my theory was I can always take an acting class, scene study class, an et cetera class, um I don't know what an et cetera class is. Um uh but here I am in this kind of concentrated time. Why not do something else?
0: And do you, have you taken classes, like acting classes and
1: I've t- I took a I took two scene studies two scene study classes scene study classes and uh I took like um a, a, a math class
0: once and um And I've taken singing lessons. Okay, this fascinates me. Because when you then... Not having, like, majored in, like, acting. You're given this play that you are so good in. How do you approach it. Like I feel like some people who are in the position that you're in, which is like a star-making turn, like can like like rely on their training or whatever. like how did you take this million-page play where you have lines on every page and like figure out how to do it? Um you know, I, I I though I
1: am untrained. I I have been working uh uh pretty consistently in New York for 10 years, so I think of that as my training. Yeah. So I kind of feel like my hope is to get better every time I do it. Every night I hope to get better than the night before, you know. Um, and so every show is like a different task of what can I do to get better? How can I make this deeper? How can I how can I be more truthful and honest? So that was only the only thing I was worried about. I'm you know I'm a uh, I I I'm a avid reader. I like words, so words are are uh, they mean a lot to me. Yeah. So here I have a bunch of them. Were you intimidated when you got the job? Um, no. I I I uh you know, I knew that the part was big and I you know, I was nervous that I I I hope people would like it, but I um I was just really
0: excited. Yeah. All right, last set of questions, Spider-Man. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It's funny because I'm working on a thing with Disney and I was talking to somebody today all about like Lion King and Julie Taymor and like what a genius she is. Yes, yeah. I mean, how, what, how is it to work with her? I mean, she is truly a genius.
1: I, um, I was so in awe of her. Um, and I, you know, when I heard that they were doing Spider-Man, I thought that's so stupid. But then when I heard she was doing it, I was like, oh man, I want to I wanna do that. I really, I really wanted that part because I really wow. wanted to work with Julie Taymor because she, what, I mean, she was kind of an idol yeah. to me. I mean, I I really liked um, uh, Titus Andronicus yes. and, and um, you know, I think her, her film work is just so, no matter what it is or the final result, it is spectacular no matter what, even if it's not perfect. It's yeah. just beyond anything else.
0: Did you audition like for her? I mean, obviously you auditioned for her. Yeah. How is she did she give you a lot or was it just kind of like a like a assembly line of an audition
1: No she um it was like you know she gave me some notes and I took them and that was that yeah. I mean she's very visual oriented so she would and some actors I don't think like this but you know she would come and she would kind of show me like emotionally or 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 comically what she was looking for and I I could understand that, yeah. and so I could translate that. Yeah. Um, I think she's, she's utterly fascinating. When she watches her uh, her work, she she knows all the lines. She mutters them oh, as gosh. they're going on. I I think she's really an actress. Like she uh-huh. she can play every part really well. Mm-hmm.
0: It's funny too that people don't know that she comes from like downtown theater. That like she like all that puppetry stuff was like she used to do on a budget, like down at La Mama, you know. Yeah. Um. That's all I have for you. I want to talk to you forever though um what how are you okay, okay, taboo question. How are you preparing yourself for like award season and like what are you thinking about it, or is it just like what's happening?
1: um I'm trying not to get hopes up and just to you know I, I be cautious with expectations and then you know hope for the best, it would be nice, but not to have expectations, yeah. Well, I think
0: you're amazing. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I love your play. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. All right, bye. 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 Theatre People is a product of Theatre Podcast Productions and is produced by Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. Special thanks to Steve Tipton, Eric Emsch, Keith Allen Herzog, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. Special thanks to our sponsors, Stage Door Manor. You can check them out at StagedoorManner.com. And to our Patreon associate producers, Robbie Roselle, Ty Williams, and Cynthia Wallach. We'll be back on Thursday of this week with Hamilton and a Bronx Tale star, Ariana DeBose. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking Touch me. Touch me. All,
1: silent. All silent.